Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. This weekend, our church begins to read in the second reading from Paul's letter to the Galatians. Now, in the next four weeks, we're going to be reading from Paul's letter to the Galatians. After we finish that, then we're going to start into Paul's letter to the Colossians, and we're going to read that for several more weeks. So, pretty much for most of this summer, we are going to be listening exclusively from Paul in the second reading. Therefore, I think we have to take the opportunity to try and get to know who Paul is, know his apostleship, and better yet, his message. Now, after Jesus Christ, St. Paul is probably the most influential person in the formation of Christianity, that we know it today. After Jesus Christ, St. Paul is probably the most influential person in making the Catholic Church what it is today. From Paul's letter, we are able to derive doctrines and dogmas on, for example, the Holy Trinity, the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist, the sacraments. In Paul's letters, we have a wealth of theological information that has fashioned and formed our church and what we believe in as Catholics for 2,000 years. Therefore, it's important for us to stop and come to know who this incredibly influential person is in our church and how he continues to influence our lives. Now, Paul's original name was Saul. He was born in Tarsus, which is present-day Turkey. He was born a Jew as well as a Roman citizen. Now, these two characteristics would be incredibly important for Paul, for him to evangelize over cross-cultural boundaries. He could evangelize Jews because he was one of them. At the same time, he could also evangelize Romans because he was one of them too. Now, at a very early age, Paul's parents recognized that he was a very gifted and intelligent young boy. So they sent him to Jerusalem to study under the rabbi Gamaliel. Now, this rabbi was one of the most prominent rabbis of that time. And so it was a great honor for Paul. It would be kind of like us going to the most prestigious university in our entire country and then being personally taught by the best professor at that university. And so, for Paul, this was an incredible honor for him. Now, in the many years that he was taught by the rabbi Gamaliel, yes, he did learn everything there was to know about the Jewish faith, customs, rituals, the law, scripture, the prophets. But Paul also learned philosophy. He also learned oration and being able to speak in the public and debate 
carry out an effective argument. He also learned languages. He was able to speak Latin, Greek, as well as Aramaic. He was literate during a time which many of the population was illiterate. And so Paul was very gifted as a young man and very intelligent. And as Paul tells us in the second reading for today, he was a zealot. He was zealous for the Jewish faith. He was on fire for it. And he made himself the protector of the Jewish faith. Now, a good question we have to ask ourselves, what would greatly bother a zealous Jew like St. Paul? Someone who has incredible reverence, respect for the Jewish faith, its customs, its rituals, its prophets, its scripture. What's the one thing that would greatly bother someone like Paul? Well, that is Christianity. Paul saw Christianity as a direct threat to the Jewish faith. Paul thought it was absurd that a bunch of people would proclaim that a crucified criminal who died has now risen from the dead. Better yet, that this person is the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah, the Son of God. Paul would think this is absolutely crazy and a threat to the Jewish faith and their tradition. So Paul would take it upon himself to destroy it, stamp it out, eliminate it. That's why he says in the passage for today, You heard of my former way of life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure, and I tried to destroy it. Well, Paul's very honest. He did just that, and he was very good at persecuting our church. If you go to the Acts of the Apostles, it tells us great detail how Paul persecuted the church, how he went into houses of Christians and carried them all away to prison in chains. He presided at the execution of St. Stephen. And so Paul did his best to persecute the church. Well, one day, the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem commission Paul. They tell him, go to Damascus. There is a Christian community developing there. Go and nip it in the bud. Destroy it. So Paul goes about to do just that. Now, we all know what happened on that road to Damascus. The last person Paul expected to encounter Jesus Christ, well, now he does. And Jesus says to Paul, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He knocks him off of his horse. Worse yet, Paul becomes blinded. Well, that's good. That's very good. Why? Before Paul's encounter with Jesus Christ, Paul saw everything very clearly. He saw the world as he thought it should be, with him persecuting the Christian church. You see, Paul thought that the persecution of the Christian church was the right thing to do. It was what a good Jew would do in order to defend the faith. That's why he saw everything that he was doing was correct and good and right. And yet now God blinds him. Jesus is trying to tell Paul what you were doing was absolutely wrong. And yet that will all change now as Paul now recognizes that Jesus Christ is the Lord. After three days, Paul is baptized by Ananias and his vision comes back. 
And now he sees the world clearly through the eyes of Jesus Christ. He sees that Jesus Christ truly is the long-awaited Messiah. He is the Lord, the Son of God. Now realize, Paul, like most Jews, they thought that the Messiah would be a politician or a war hero. The kingdom that he would usher in would be governed by military power and might and politics. However, Paul quickly learns that the kingdom of God that Jesus now brings into this world is governed by peace, justice, charity, compassion, forgiveness, and love. And yet Paul believes it all. And now he dedicates his entire life to Christ and building the Christian church in this world. And he sets out to do that for the remainder of his life. Now that's a brief synopsis of Paul in his background. What I want to get to now is Paul's message. And it's a powerful message. Paul's message, if you look or read through Paul's letters, the one common theme that is woven through all of his letters is live in Christ. It's simple, live in Christ. If you read all of Paul's letters, you find that phrase written 83 times by Paul. And so, if Paul thought it was important enough to mention it 83 times, it should be important for us too. Now you say, what does that mean? Well, first and foremost, it means that we are all drawn into the Trinitarian life. That's why Paul says in Corinthians, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. What Paul meant by live in Christ is that when we were created, before we were even born, when we were created by God, God looked out into the future and saw the person that we are intended or were created to be. And so Paul would say to live in Christ means to live out that potential, live into that person that we are all created or intended to be by God, such that Christ's values are now our values. Christ's mindset is now our mindset. Christ's actions are now our actions. That's what it means to live in Christ by Paul. More to it, Paul placed an incredibly great emphasis on the sacraments, that we are to wrap ourselves around and in the sacraments. The sacraments are indispensable for us in the spiritual life. First and foremost, because it's in the sacraments that we share in the life of God. Baptism. Through baptism, we are claimed by God. We become the adopted sons and daughters of the Father. In the Eucharist, we eat and we drink Jesus' body and blood. We take in the second person of the Holy Trinity. Confirmation, we are sealed with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, Paul believed, as we do, in the sacraments, we share now within the Trinitarian life of God. More to it, Paul would say that through the sacraments, now we are connected with one another. Look at baptism. One common denominator that we all share, baptism, we are all the brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, the adopted sons and daughters of the Father. Look at reconciliation, confession. Here, we recognize our identity. We are all sinners. 
We are in need of forgiveness of our sins and a Savior. Look at the Eucharist. We come together, and together we eat and we drink the body and blood of Jesus Christ, which sustains us in this world and gives us the hope and the promise of the world to come. More to it, Paul would say the sacraments give us our identity. We come to know who we are through the sacraments. Look at marriage. Here, a man and a woman come together, and through marriage, they come to know who they are as husband and wife. And if blessed with children, now they come to know who they are as mother and father. Look at holy orders. A man stands before God, and now he comes to know that he is a priest through Jesus Christ. One last thing. When Paul says, live in Christ, he also means that we have to recognize the gifts of the Holy Spirit that have been given us. Look at Paul for a great example. Look at all the gifts that he's been given. The gift to speak different languages. The gifts to carry on an argument and win people over. Gifts of knowing not just the Jewish faith, but the Christian faith, like the back of his hand. The gift of being a Roman citizen. These were all gifts that Paul used exclusively to evangelize the church. And he was successful to the extent of evangelizing two continents, Europe and Asia. Therefore, to live in Christ, Paul would tell us, we have to recognize our gifts such that now we are equipped to live out our faith. More to it, to help one another live out our faith. And see, that's what Paul stressed a lot, unity. We are on for each other. Through the gifts that we have been given, we use them for the benefit or the service of the church to help one another so that we all grow in our faith. And so today we begin Paul's letter to the Galatians. And throughout this summer, we're going to be reading from Paul. Therefore, it's important for us to know who he truly is, as well as his message for us all, so we can really learn and appreciate what we are to read and hear this summer. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.